and thank you for tuning into my podcast. My name is Brandy Runner, and I'm a certified life coach, a proud cancer warrior and survivor. This podcast is devoted to cancer survivors, warriors, and their amazing caregivers. I'm excited to bring to you their stories of diagnosis, treatment, survival, and hope beyond cancer. Some of my favorite quotes are, cancer opens many doors. One of the most important is your heart, Greg Anderson. You can be a victim of cancer or a survivor of cancer. It's a mindset, Dave Peltzer. Once again, I want to personally thank you for listening. And if you'd like to be a part of this, please contact me through my website at bebeyondlimits.com. And now for our guest. Thank you for so much for coming on, Arlene. Can you please tell me who you are and who did you take care of and what aspect of cancer affected their life? Okay, well, my name is Arlene Ninian, and I took care of my brother. His name was David Marcus. He had colon cancer. It, it eventually spread, metastasized, but it initially was colon cancer. Wow, how incredibly difficult that must have been. It, it was. <laughs> Were you with yeah. him the day that he was diagnosed? Yes, I was. Can you please tell us a little bit about that day? Well, and you know, the funny thing is, is my brother, he was uh, special needs, and he was also developmentally disabled and physically disabled. And the first thing I want to tell you is that he had no symptoms whatsoever. The only reason we found out that he had this is because he had a colonoscopy. The doctor saw some polyps in there, and he took the polyps, and they sent him out to the laboratory, and they came back cancerous. And then we met with a doctor down in, uh, at USC to find out that they actually were cancerous. That's how it all began, though. So I always tell everybody that because we have to emphasize the importance of getting a colonoscopy. Though we don't like those colonoscopies, they're quite invasive. It's, it's the most important test to get. Absolutely. I've had a few of them myself. Mm-hmm. The worst part is the prep. The colonoscopy is nothing. <laughs> That's you are absolutely right. You're right. Can you tell me a little bit about David's reaction? How did he react and how did you react upon hearing about him having colon cancer? Well, you know, um, being... Christians, and actually we're born again, we were actually Messianic Jews, we were born Jewish, and we found Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and I believe that we did not take it as, as hard or as difficult as people who don't have Christ in their lives. We always knew that God had a plan, and David, even special needs, he knew that God had a plan for him, so he took everything that was faced to him, and he took it with the greatest all, and we'd be in prayer very constantly, asking the Lord to help David get through this. So it really, the hard parts were surgery, going through the treatments, but finding out about it was not as bad as, I don't believe it's as bad as others who really don't have the Lord in their life. That's an incredibly powerful thing to have in your life, is a faith, is a a belief and a knowledge that this life is temporary. 
That is correct. And one of my brother's favorite words is that this is just our temporary home. Just like his favorite song was by Carrie Underwood, Temporary Home. And he lived by that, I'm happy to say. That is wonderful. Is there anything you wish that somebody would have told you prior to David's diagnosis? Probably not, to be honest with you. I like to tell people, again, to reiterate what I said before, the importance of having the colonoscopies on schedule, just like you're supposed to. Because had we not known about it, had we not done the test, we would not have known about it until many, many years later. So what I'd like to tell anybody who's listening is to make sure that you get tested for that because then, you, you know, you wouldn't have the opportunity to say, I wish somebody would have told me, you know, I'm encouraging everybody to do that, you know. Yes. How old was David when he was diagnosed? Okay, so David was diagnosed, let's see, he passed away at 60, so he was diagnosed at 53. Very young. Yes. What types of therapies did David have to go through? In the very beginning, he chose, he elected himself not to have any surgery. The doctor wanted to have colon surgery, but he just wanted to undergo chemotherapy and radiation treatments. And mind you, within seven years, he had it back and forth seven times. So this was constant. You know, all the treatments that he was having was constant. Yes. Yeah. Must have taken a toll on his body. And yeah, it must have taken a little bit of a toll on your soul. What did you do (laughs) to take care of yourself? Did you go to therapy, have coached? Were you spending a lot of time in church with friends? I would always, we're definitely faithful people, so our Sunday churches were very important to us. I also would go to a women's Bible study. It's always wonderful to have females just like myself, you know, who are there to support each other, hold each other up, and be there when we need them. That was vital in my life. I um, I wish then I would have taken better care of myself as far as, like, getting out and exercising, but it a day truly consumes you because it's not about you anymore, you know? <laughs> it's about taking care of, you know? Definitely. That's one of the things that I really want to emphasize with this podcast is how important it is to put, like they say when you get on an airplane, if the airplane's going down, put your mask on first. Correct. Then take care of the other person. And Absolutely. You're right. I know so many caregivers who didn't put on their oxygen mask that... <laughs> When the That's patient very very well said. That's very good. You're right. Yeah. When the patient either went home <laughs> or mm-hmm. if they, they got cleared from the cancer and they returned to their normal life, the caregivers often feel kind of unsure of where to go from here and they become very run down and exhausted and get very ill. I've seen that happen many times. And so making sure that people are involving themselves in activities and getting out there and putting on their oxygen mask is really important. Was there anybody in your life in specific that was your quote-unquote caregiver, the one that you trusted with all of your emotions and joys and fears and anything that you went through? Well, I'm very, very blessed to have three daughters. Two of them are older and they're married on their own and they have families of their own and I have one who's graduating high school this year, if there's a graduation. (laughs) Those girls were, besides my husband, my husband was absolutely wonderful, but the girls listened to girls better, you know. My oldest particularly, um, she was always there for me. My second one, she doesn't live in the same town as me, but I would definitely be calling her all the time. Those are my emotional supports. 
And then a, a dear, dear, dear friend from church. She's my sister in Christ, and I would lean on her for so many things. And she, she's since moved out of town, but I just missed the heck out of her. But definitely these four very strong women in my life. That is wonderful. Now, I, mm-hmm. I know you were involved in David's treatment. Can you describe mm-hmm. the best day that you guys had together during treatment? I guess the best days would be days where, believe it or not, where he was going for treatments and they would be lengthy, like four hours or more, because then we got to, not only did we get good quality time together, David was a very positive and inspirational person. I get to watch him, and this is such a blessing, to be able to watch him go to other patients in the facility and pray for them. So those are very special moments for me, just to have spent all those moments with him, just walking around, praying for everybody. That is a beautiful thing. What a beautiful heart he was given. He sure was. He was a a man after Christ's own heart. I know that. I know that for certain, you know? Yes. Well, since I actually knew David, can you please describe to the listeners who don't know David, his personality, what he would do... And all the pictures that were posted on Facebook. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. David, like I mentioned, he was special needs, but he was a very blessed special needs man, whereas as soon as we moved here to Bakersfield, he was he got into the Bakersfield Association for Retarded Citizens Program. And within 30 days of him being there, he secured a permanent full-time job with Albertsons Grocery Store, which, by the way, Many, many, many employers, all through David's life, have always told him, no, we don't have a permanent full-time job for you. So for this opening for him, it was just a godsend. Now, I have met many people. David retired from Albertsons with, <laughs> with 20 years, and there were so many people that have gone to Albertsons working for their, for them, and he, David was their, was their, like, their grocery bagger trainer. He would train all the new people coming in. So he touched many, many, many people. So he was very firm with them, but yet at the same time, he loved on them as well. And even to this day, I run into people that tell me that they knew David from, you know, 15 years ago at Albertsons, and they tell me how much they really, really loved and admired him. And then after, he retired after 20 years, and that was the year that he had to have uh, knee replacement surgery, and he was unable to get his knee back working again, so he was unable, therefore, to be on his feet eight hours a day. David found a niche. He was able to go visit high schools and talk to their special education students and tell them about, even though he was born with a developmental disability, like they were the special ed kids, he was able to secure a permanent full-time job because he never gave up. And so he instilled that positiveness in with these high school students. And then even more doors opened. The teachers in the high schools, they every time they'd see him, they'd get really excited, and he'd share his love with the teachers. And then it went to the administration, and then it even went to the high school district. I mean, David was honored after his passing by the current high school district because, <laughs> because of the things he had done with the high school district. And it's just really amazing how positive he was, even with everything that he had gone through. And this, these visits to the high schools, they even continued when he was going through his treatments. When he was going through cancer treatments and radiation treatments, 
Uh, he'd be with his walker, with his cane. He would call up people just to ask them if they could give him a ride to the high school if I wasn't available. He wasn't missing out on anything. He'd go to all the high school football games and basketball games, so all the parents knew him as well. And they all knew <laughs> when David was there, they were all going to get a thumbs-up picture. So, and this started many, many, many years ago, probably Oh my gosh, even when he was visiting the elementary and junior high schools when he was working, he'd take time to do that. But he would, every classroom, every teacher, every student, every football game, every basketball game, every administrator, he'd always take thumbs up pictures. If anybody goes onto his Facebook page, you're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of these thumbs up pictures. I'll get into this a little bit later. After his passing, we wanted to do something to carry on his name, so we started the David Marcus Thumbs Up Scholarship Foundation. And I just wanted to let you know that that thumbs up is continuing, even though he is no longer here with us. <laughs> Absolutely. You got two thumbs up from me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Brandy. <laughs> Sounds like David had a lot of wonderful days, as well as yourself. Was there a worse day? Was there a day that just was horrible for you? There are always the bad days when David would have chemotherapy and radiation on same days and the chemotherapy didn't agree with him or the radiation, you know, radiation burns, of course you can imagine that, and going through the colon, which is the stomach, and so it burns other parts of the body as well. So there were suffering days as well, you know. Uh, he did go through that, we did go through that together, and, but you, as long as you, you know, praise the Lord and we thank Him. The Lord gets you through everything, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how being a cancer patient's caregiver changed your life? It definitely makes you more aware of not only the loved one that you have going through it, but those others who are struggling with it also. You'd go to the, the office where he was having his treatments and you'd see... So many people, and I'm talking even children, which is, that's really the heartbreaking part for me, is to see a child undergoing chemotherapy. But, you know, opens your eyes that it's not only reflective of you and your family, you know, this is around the world, and we just have to be, see, we don't know what people go through, and when people are in bad moods or people do things that are not always right, we don't know their stories. So this kind of opens your eyes up to see what possibly, you know, they may be going through, why somebody might have done what they've done, you know. There's, there's a lot of ugliness in the world, but we don't know their story as to why they're acting like that or doing things like that. We just, you just have to pray for every single body, and we've done that, you know. We still do that every day. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> yeah. Now, I remember the day that I read that David had passed on Facebook, and mm -hmm. it broke my heart into a million pieces, knowing that I'm not going to see that adorable smile and the thumbs up pictures that were all over his Facebook. Can mm -hmm. you describe his last day for us? Well, it happened very early in the morning. So I'll, may I go back just a little further? Sure. About a week and a half prior to that was his last visit to the hospital. And he made a decision at that time that 
he didn't want to go through treatment any longer and he wanted to be put on hospital. And we've always, we've spoken about it, but we've always allowed him to make that decision. I did not want him to think that we were telling him what to do, you know. So for the week and a half prior to his passing, he was at home on hospice. And I have to tell you, that was the best week and a half (laughs) we've ever had because we knew going into hospice that it's not the end. Uh, just because you're on hospice doesn't mean it's end of life. So the day that he passed away was really quite a shocker to me, but we were not anticipating it happening that fast. So David, like I said, loved everybody. So he wanted to see as many people <laughs> as possible on a daily basis. So everybody was messaging me or calling me, um, telling me that they wanted to see David. So <laughs> I had to pull out my weekly calendar, and I have... People, like, every 30 minutes filled up for, like, a whole day, every day, for, like, a week and a half. Wow. (laughs) I know. So it really was was an amazing week and a half, you know, to be able to entertain as many people in our home as as possible. (laughs) He was loving it, though. I mean, his favorite thing were Smith's cookies. I don't know if you know about Smith's cookies, the sugar cookies ever. And everybody was bringing him cookies. (laughs) So he was having, he really had the time of a lifetime. He was smiling and he was happy. He was comfortable, you know. So, you know, and I'll talk about hospice a little later too, though, because that really made a big difference in his quality of life. Absolutely. That is wonderful that he got the opportunity to say, I'll see you later to so many people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about that hospice experience, especially if you have a hospice that treated you with compassion and love. Yeah. Yeah, we have an, I'm sure there are many amazing um, hospice companies up here, but the one that we used was Optimal Hospice and they're here in Bakersfield. And you look at things like God sends the right people to you at the right time. So here we are in the hospital that week and a half before, and he decided that he wanted to go on hospice. And we had our pastor with us visiting him, so we prayed about it. And I had previously worked for a local hospital here in town, a different one. And I had called out and reached out to a gal who is a nurse who runs Optima Hospice. And believe it or not, she was there in the hospital that day. She came down like two minutes later. I told her what room we were in. And she was, I mean, it was a godsend, you know. It was just meant to be. So she talked to David. We let her talk to him alone. The pastor and I left. And she came out of the room saying, yeah, he's ready for it. And he knows that it's, you know, this doesn't mean to end, like I said earlier. And I said, that's awesome. If he's ready to do it, then we're ready to do it. He was just very ready he was tired of always going to the doctor, always having another doctor visit, you know, another emergency, having to go to the emergency room. Because uh, he had, besides chemotherapy and uh, the, the um, radiation, he eventually had a, a colostomy. So they took his colon, so he had to have a bag, and then his kidneys were failing. So then he also had kidney bags. So he had a lot of medical devices that were attached to him. So going out was really not that easy. So when he decided to go on hospice, you know, the nurses that are brought to the house to take care of him and, you know, the the quality of nursing that they give to him as well as to the family. I swear.
swear these nurses are, are truly beautiful. There's one in particular that I just really fell in love with. These nurses that do this type of, of hospice care are very special, you know. Not everybody can do this kind of work. But we were very blessed to have very, very many wonderful administration staff as well as nursing staff. So Optimal Hospice is my plug because I love them dearly. That is wonderful to hear. I am so grateful that they, that David was able to go there and enjoy his last days there. Well, actually, they came to our home. We did everything at home. They okay. brought a bed and they brought the wheelchair and they brought everything for him, nursing daily, people to bathe him. Yeah, they did everything in our home. Oh, that's beautiful. That is really it, wonderful. It was. We, we converted our huge living room to David's room. <laughs> so we were able to put all the seating, the couches and everything around the bed so we could have a multiple amount of people there at the same time. <laughs> it really it really was beautiful. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. Do you have any books yeah. that you would recommend for caregivers or even a cancer survivor? You know what? Uh, I do not. I haven't had the pleasure of even reading. You know, my mind, even since then, you know, prior to taking care of my brother, my brother and I also took care of our father for about four years before he passed away. It was not of cancer, but we were still care providers. So we were with him through his doctor appointments and his hospital stays four years prior to David, or actually two years prior to David being diagnosed because dad and him got to spend some time together when David was diagnosed while he was getting his treatment. It was a crazy, it was, it was really crazy for about four years with both of them. <laughs> wow. It was, it was, my father had um, emphysema and COPD and very, very low blood pressure, but we were really blessed because he lived in Florida before coming here to California and we were really blessed that he was able to come here and he wanted to spend his last years with us. That is wonderful that you got that time with him. Absolutely. What have you done since David's passing? I am more involved with volunteering. I did mention that we started a foundation for David. So we do, these are high school scholarships that we award out. So we do fundraising year round. And believe it or not, our last two fundraisers we, of course, had to cancel because of this coronavirus. One of them was paint night, and the other one was a huge golf tournament. And, you know, that golf tournament was probably going to generate a, quite a bit of money to be able to give out in scholarships. We do fundraising all year long for that. I also do a lot of the other volunteer work. I volunteer for the American Cancer Society. We have a team that we have been on for about 20 years now. And then I also volunteer for the... Honor Flight. I don't know if you've heard of Honor Flight. We take veterans locally here in Kern County to Washington, D.C. to visit their memorials. So I do a lot of volunteer work. It surely keeps me busy. <laughs> Absolutely. Those sound like wonderful volunteer opportunities. All of them are, yes, definitely. They must provide you with a lot of comfort. They do. And satisfaction. When you get on an airplane with a veteran, whether it be a World War II veteran, a Korean veteran, or Vietnam veteran, and you take them, you're with them constantly for three days, and you get them to take them around to visit their memorials, it is such an honor to be with them to do that. A blessing. Um, I wish I would have known about that before my grandfather passing. He was in the Korean War. Oh, yeah. That would have been a beautiful well, thing to do. Yeah. 
Definitely. Our World War II veterans, they are, you know, there's not very many of them left, but we're still looking for them to send them on our flights. Sadly, because of this corona also, we had canceled two flights that were scheduled in April, and we hope to be able to reschedule them again in the near future. But we have, you know, a couple hundred people that we will be taking on the next flights within the next, the rest of this year. Fantastic. If any of my listeners would like to give to David's Foundation, can you give us website, phone numbers that they can reach you? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. The website is davidmarcusthumbsup.com, and there you can contact me, but I'll give you my telephone number. Again, my name is Arlene, and I'm his sister, and my number is 661-205-1478. And we are very happy to receive any donations whatsoever. And also, I know a lot of people uh, shop on Amazon, as I do. There's a if you go to, rather than Amazon.com, you go to smile.amazon.com, and then you can choose a charity that you wish for them, for Amazon, to make a donation on your behalf. So everybody who orders under smileamazon.com and uses the David Marcus Thumbs Up Scholarship Foundation, they give half a percent of every sale to the foundation. That's another way of giving without actually giving out of your pocket. That is beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit more about the scholarships, how they're awarded, who you give them to, what they're used oh, for? Yes, thank you so much for asking. Well, we have reached out to all the high schools in Bakersfield, and there are 18 high schools in the current high school district, and all the principals have these nomination forms. We are asking principals or staff or even another student that sees high school seniors that have contributed to another student positively, that has the same characteristic traits as David, you know, positivity and inspiration. And so a nomination form can be filled out, given to the principal, and on May 1st of this year, all the principals will be sending them to me, so I'll have them in hand. And we plan giving out as many $1,000 scholarships as possible, and those will go to those who are nominated, who are enrolled in college or a trade school, technical school, you know, somebody that's going to further their education, but with an, also an emphasis on special education. Not limited to just special education, but with an emphasis on special education. So this door is wide open. We're asking for the special education students to have a GPA of 2.0 and general education students 3.0 but they must exemplify the characteristic traits of positivity and inspiration. Right now, our goal is to give out at least 10 $1,000 scholarships this year. So we have that in the bank to cover that. But if we get more donations, especially because of the money that we're not generating because of those two fundraisers that we were going to have, if we get more funds, then we'll be able to award out more scholarships. Well, I will be shouting to the rooftops to... Anyone that has available funds for $5, $10, $10,000 to please send it Anything. forward. Exactly. I know now is a really hard time to ask for it, but you never know. People may want to. And it doesn't. And it's not limited to just now. Like I said, we do fundraising year-round. When we're done, Brandy, I'll send you a flyer that lists all this information on it, okay? Fantastic. Is there yeah. anything you would like to tell a future or current caregiver? The one thing I wish... I would have done sooner than later is to have somebody from hospice speak with the patient. Had David been in contact with a hospice nurse 
prior to just that week and a half, had it been a year, because he was getting very tired of going to doctor appointments. He was getting tired of feeling sick all the time, tired of the chemotherapy. It, it was his decision to go on hospice, but I think had he been aware of it sooner, he probably would have chosen it because then he could have uh, probably had that little bit more better quality of life at home that he had, you know. A week and a half was fine, but it could have been a year and a week and a half, you know. That would be the only recommendation, just at least to make an informed decision. Not that they have to choose it, but just to bring that to the patient so they could know another option for them. Because quality of life is much more important than the quantity. Being in a good mood and, and being able to entertain people is much better than longer living and not having that quality. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. That's the first time anyone has ever mentioned that to me as being something they wish they would have known before. Oh, well, I'm happy to have done so. Thank you for asking that question of me. That's important. And anybody wants to contact me, you have my number. Anybody, you feel free to do so. Brandy, you can call me anytime for any information I can share from Perfect. I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I totally appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your story and David's with us. These stories are so important. Knowing that other people have gone through what you're going, you went through, or just understanding what it actually takes to be a caregiver or to be a cancer patient or a survivor is really important. And that's why I started this podcast. And I'm really grateful for your time. Is there anything else that you would like to tell my listeners? I pray every single day for every person who's going through cancer treatment and and the families that are taking care of them. So know that the Lord hears those prayers and he answers them. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Arlene. I Once again, thank you so much for your time and your beautiful story. I look forward to uploading this podcast and letting the people hear your story and David's story. And thank you for asking me to do this. This was truly a wonderful thing to be asked to do. I'm, I'm very humbled and honored that you asked me, Brandy. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a blessing. <laughs> oh, same here, hon. Same here. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the latest episode of Be Beyond Limits podcast. I am so thankful that you have chosen to spend your time sharing in these stories of our wonderful cancer survivors and their beautiful caregivers. I am so blessed to be able to bring these stories to you. If you know anybody that would like to be involved in this podcast, please have them go to my website at bebeyondlimits.com. That's B E B E. Y-O-N-D-L-I-M-I-T-S dot com. My name is Brandy Runner, and I am a certified life coach and now professional podcaster, sharing many stories with you. And I am so grateful to have been given this opportunity, and I look forward to getting to know each and every one of you.